bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast coming at you. Your weekly breakdown of everything districts one and two up north. Brandon Bainey with Ryan Skaggs. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Um, so where I live in East Idaho, uh, we got like four inches of snow this week and the schedule's been completely wiped out. How have things been with Mother Nature up north? Uh, down in the like Moscow South has been pretty much a whiteout. So, you know, those have all been pretty much scratched across Camas Prairie too. Um, actually up north, we have been relatively unscathed by snow so far. So we've ended up unscathed. Like we, there's not much to speak of. I mean, other than up in the hills, but um, we've still been playing baseball and having track meets. It's cold, but it's not snowing. So that's, that's a benefit. Definitely. And we'll have all sorts of results to get to because uh, last week, everybody was coming off of spring break. There wasn't too much to discuss, but we've got a, a full loaded schedule, but we wanted to touch on the topic we broached last week uh, because it was our kind of spring break podcast where there wasn't much going on. We decided, well, let's, let's talk about, you know, making some potential fixes to how things are bracketed, how state tournaments are determined, how classifications are going to work. Oh boy. Um, and, and, and again, you know, this is just two guys talking. Um, it's not anything that's officially happening and probably never will because nobody really cares about our opinion, but it's fun stuff to talk about. And basically, you know, we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, get rid of a classification, go from six to five, uh, take charge of trying to make the conferences as, as even as possible. So this representation stuff doesn't really matter too much anymore at state. And we, we got some positive feedback, I think on, on the subject. So we did. Yeah, there was actually, and it was statewide too. It wasn't just kind of local listenership. It ended up getting shared uh, down South by some, some notable individuals, um, including a, a coach in the SIC shared the podcast too, and had some interesting insight to it. He was a, a basketball coach. So, um, yeah, it, it was interesting. Cause I'm looking at like, kind of, I finally, like when I got done with the episode, I went down and actually broke down the hard numbers. Um, and I did post it on my personal Twitter page just to see kind of, kind of like, I was a dog with a bone with this one. I, I was like, you know, I talk about it. I better be able to like show something. And it was actually pretty surprising what I found out with the, the classification disparity. Um, you know, and even with the, the new school being added, in in West Data when when Hawaii was open and it kind of shaved off some of the upper limits as far as enrollment like Rocky Mountain and Mountain View and Meridian and so it's it created a little bit more of a level playing field. Um, you still have the outlier of Timberline and Boise is just a huge school. Um, I don't know how long that's going to be sustainable unless until they add another school out there. But I don't know how expansion can take place any more than it is out there off the bench and everything too. So um, it's an it's an interesting concept, but if you take out the outlier, um, you know, and going to a five classification system instead of a six, uh, it like I ran the numbers and it it comes back that everybody's classification, the disparity is actually shrinking, um, which sounds pretty ridiculous. But, you know, all those top end, we just talked about like taking the ceiling off of 4A and putting them up at 5A. And then now, you know, the statesman writes an article and it was kind of like, hold my beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're talking about this. And, and there's the article that comes out about how they're wanting to do individual sports classifications and reclassifications and you can opt down or whatever. And 
you know, it, it ended up throwing a wrench in what I talked about because you'd have like the likes of with outside of Bishop Kelly, who I would kind of give what we call up here, the Gonzaga prep treatment um, of them being a private school in the treasure Valley, being able to have a little bit wider reach because they don't have to adhere to as strict of, you know, district guidelines on where kids live to attend the school. Um, you know, I honestly think that they should be an opt up to five. A. I really do. And um, you know, in Washington, they did that with Gonzaga prep. And it made a difference that Gonzaga prep still win in state championships. They're not, you know, they're, they're still competitive in every sport. Um, and I see Bishop Kelly, you know, their non-league schedules against five ASIC teams and they're, they're beating them half the time anyways. So um, yeah, it was interesting to have that conversation, especially with some of the Eastern Idaho folks, because it created some great conference. Um, you know, if you look at the conferences, everybody's like, heck yeah, I'm on board with this. Like this is, let's do this. Let's go now. And, uh, you know, there's a couple individuals that's like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to push this towards our, our athletic director and see if we can get some traction. But, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But the reception to it was, was actually relatively welcoming because I think the rest of the state outside of the state of Boise, um, (laughs) sees, sees the disparity. They see like that, you know, state can rotate sites. Like they can put classifications like Montana does. You, you shared an article with me, uh, yesterday that, you know, we should be able to rotate sites for individual classifications. We don't need everybody in one location all the time. Yeah. And, uh, I love the feedback that we got and now everybody, you know, cause, because the IHSAA held their annual meeting last week as we were, were recording actually, Ryan, yeah. and, um, they, they came up with this, this new policy. It, it, it approved or it passed on first reading. It still has to pass on second reading at the next meeting, but everyone's like, Oh boy, classification changes are, are what you guys were talking about. Is that legitimately happening? No, it's like the complete <laughs> opposite. Uh, so, so like I said, what, what we're talking about probably will never happen because yeah. the IHSAA board voted, I think it was 10 to two, but they voted to allow schools to petition down a classification uh, at an individual sports level, which just makes no sense to me whatsoever. I, I'll be honest. I usually don't have like really big, strong take opinions, but I think this is a horrendous idea, and I think it's going to create a very large this headache. Is transfer portal type stuff we're talking about. I mean, because you're talking about, you know, for example, I'm, t- I'm trying to think of a good example up north. I'd say Moscow have- going down to 3A in football or in some other sports. Yeah, so so you have like, let's say, for example, you've got Sandpoint, which is really good in football and baseball and track and field, but they've been struggling the last couple of years in boys basketball and girls. They've been pretty good in girls basketball, but they've been struggling in boys basketball um, and like wrestling. Okay, so Sandpoint is going to compete in 4A like they normally do, except for boys basketball and wrestling. And they're going to petition down to be in the 3A IML. So you're talking about instead of a uniform, con- like making a conference schedule is, is already difficult. Um, I'm going to create the uh, the Charlie Day gif here where it's just like giving you the headache thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, the headaches about that is just it. I look at that and it's like utter almost insanity. It really is. What what athletic director would want to? Okay, go to I've a got two team conference. I've, I mean, I've, what, go ahead. I, I've got I've got five teams in football. I've got seven in basketball. I've got ten in baseball. Like it just it makes no sense to have schools individually. I understand. No. I understand that 
you know, generally speaking, I think the schools that have strong athletic programs, so they're pretty strong or, or competitive across the board. You know, there's some outliers in the Boise area, you know, schools like Caldwell and Columbia that really struggle in every sport except for soccer and wrestling. But yeah. you know what? I'm tired of this. Dude, I, 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 I hundred other kids in the school, like do a better job of getting your kids to turn out. Yes. I hate, I already hate this petition down process where I'm from in Montana. If you're over the enrollment, sorry, sorry. you're, you're, <laughs> you're playing at that classification. There's no petitioning. Get better, yeah. get better. That's, I mean, uh, participation trophy, yada, yada, yada. You know what? It's up to the coaches to, to drum up that excitement. And you, you can, you can turn a program that's down and turn it around and turn it into a winner. It happens all the time. I mean, I'm looking at enrollment numbers, right? That Caldwell is already 4A. You know, they've got 1,425 students at Caldwell High School. They're going to petition down to 3A in football, and they're going to play, say, a league game against McCall Donnelly with 361 students. Yeah. Just, Are you kidding me? That's an 1,100-student difference. And McCall's like, hey – I bet I would put money on McCall to win that game, honestly. But like, it's, but it's still, it's like it becomes a safety issue because of exposure, right? I mean, like if we're looking at how many kids we get to turn out or how many kids we have access to, to your best kids of you who have access to, what that it makes no sense. I mean, Caldwell's going to play a league game against Parma with three hundred eleven kids. Like, I mean, come on, it makes no sense. It, it safety wise, it it doesn't it doesn't compute. I mean, yeah. that's like saying that Sandpoint and basketball, let's use that example because we talked about up north. Say they petition to go down to 3A and play in the IML. Okay, so now Sandpoint's got – they're right on the cusp. They have 966 students, right? Right on the cusp of 1,000 kids to our league game. Granted, Priest River is going down to 2A next year in football, but they're still going to remain 3A in basketball. They've got 274 kids. You're telling me there is a – there's a similarity between Post Falls High – or sorry, Sandpoint High School and Priest River? Like – no, this doesn't make any sense at all. It, yeah, and, I mean, and, I could be on a soapbox here, but that, and, it makes absolutely no sense. And again, you know, probably ninety percent of these appeals will be denied. But why? But why even open yourself to it? Yeah. Why? Why make it? Yeah, I just. It's like trans, I mean, like I said, I it akin it to the transfer portal that it allows. Like, oh, we're not successful here, so let's go ahead and try to move somewhere else to see if we can drum up success. Like, why? Why can't we just get better? Like, what's wrong yeah. with that? Yeah. You know what? We're not winning here. Let's go down a level and be, it's a lose, lose because if you're a bigger school and you jump down a classification level and you continue to lose, then that's going to set your program back even further. But if you, if you move down a level and you beat up on every, Ooh, congrats, macho man. You beat up yeah. on uh, schools that were way smaller than you. Like it's just, it's a lose, lose for everybody. The only place I could see it working is it like the lower end of two way and the one A's like, that's really where it would make sense because of trying to leave like where Lakeside's going to go from 1AD1 to 1AD2 in football because, well, travel and then creating a conference that's going to be competitive for them. And I see that that may be working out, but like, you know, throwing a, this dart at the wall, say like North Fremont, 180 kids, we're going to play eight-man football now. I mean, you could make that argument probably that they're going to play 1AD1, you know, and but then they're going to have like the likes of like Oakley and Grace and other teams down there to worry about. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's going to cause havoc for district issues too, like for district yes. tournaments. And I, I I don't see any teams up north taking the bait here and and 
the teams up the teams up north are pretty straightforward, and you know we'll play where we're supposed to play. It's I'd gonna say, be yeah. Okay. If we see a petition, it's gonna be from the likes of like Priest River. They're gonna petition all sports to go down to two A. But you know that would be basically or the only place I really see it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean uh, everybody else is kind of on the straight and narrow. It's gonna be a lot of Boise stuff. It's gonna be a lot of Boise five A four A shenanigans is basically what it's gonna. Can come you about. can you petition up? Mm, you could probably, but why? I mean, why would you? I mean, if you're a St. Mary's, you want to play 3A, you could, it's a possibility. You could, yeah, uh, that I don't know. I guess I didn't look at look at it from the other way. Uh, yeah. Schools very rarely petition up, I feel like they're fighting to yeah. stay where they are. They're so. trying to play down to see if they can keep the competitive balance or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, some cases playing up might benefit you getting a state, <laughs> but, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Okay, well, we'll we'll table the talk for a later date, maybe when it officially June. passes. We can, <laughs> yes, little off-season podcast. Yeah, late Mar- late May. Yeah. yeah, let's okay. Let's let's start with uh, let's start with track and field. Sure. You, what yeah. stood out to you from the past week? Uh, Dalton Wild is still fast. <laughs> um, he ended up increasing his PR to eleven point oh one in the one hundred meters. Uh, and that was in a meet at Timberlake last week on Friday that was kind of in rain snow mix um, runs at 1101 for the number three overall time at five. A um, that's pretty awesome. Dil- Dylan Wolf um, ran 22, five, two in the, in the, in the 200, he's got the fifth best time in the state at five. A. So that's kind of standing out there. You're looking at Lake city, improve their four by two time for the boys. Um, you know, post fall still sitting at number three quarter lanes, four by 800 teams at, you know, f- number four time in the state. Um, kind of going through who else we got. Rusty Lee improved his PR. He's at 39.73 in the 300 hurdles. Um, trying to look through here. I mean, Coeur Charter had a kid. Logan Davis has the number one time in the 800 at 204.19. So there's some 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 numbers are improving for local teams and, and sometimes at least on the boys' side. And then on the girls' side, uh, Katura Vogel Greenwood from Lake City. He's got the number one time in the state in the hundred at uh, twelve point four eight. Um, you know, we were talking about the the couple of gals from from Coeur High School, and now uh, here comes Katura, who is absolutely blowing the doors off folks at twelve four eight in the hundred. And then Hannah Marco from Moscow um, has the number two time in the three hundred hurdles and the number three time in the one hundred hurdles. Uh, Lakeland went to a big meet in Oregon and ran a 52-1-9 in the 4x1. So they got the number three time at 4A. Um, kind of going through PRs. And Ruby Kessinger from Orfino um, has the number three shot and then the number one long jump uh, at 2A at 16-10 and a quarter. So, yeah, some some decent, uh, decent distances and times coming out from North Idaho. And uh, like we talked about temperatures increasing, but they're actually decreasing and we're getting faster time still. So we'll see what happens if we get like a nice warm snap <laughs> instead of 41 and partly cloudy. <laughs> well, and, and you have to think that, you know, state track is always in the Boise area yep. and that's going to be fantastic weather. So for these runners up north, uh, you, I mean, and, and athletes, you, I mean, you could see their their season best times and distances coming at state potentially. Yep. Yeah. Potentially, you know, the hard part's going to be getting there. I mean, you got to getting out of your, your district and, and getting those distances and times. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Some of the people that have set PRs or still hold the number one times or in the state, 
you know, that was, that came out of the first track meet of the year. Um, and they haven't come anywhere close to that time since. So that says a little bit about weather influence. Cause a lot of those times were set down in Lewiston on a day that was like 60 degrees. And, uh, you know, we're still, you know, hovering just over freezing right now up here in North some places. So, um, you know, if we can get some warm weather in the next couple of weeks, I think we'll see, um, some improvement. I, I really do see Dalton wild. He's going to, he's going to break 11 seconds. He's right there on the cusp and, um, we'll see how low he can go, um, with 1101 as fast. And that's, you know, in a, in a kind of a weird weather situation with some sleet going on. So yeah, it'll be, uh, pretty good for the, for the North kids, I think to, to get out of the area. <laughs> yeah. How low can you go? That's yeah, the name that's of the right. game. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on what's going on there with track. Uh, let's, let's shift over to baseball. Now the uh, new coaches polls came out yesterday. Uh, what stood out? Yeah. Lewiston ended up in the top five. Um, it was obviously, I don't think that's much of a surprise. I think the bigger surprise was post fall splitting with them, um, last week, but, uh, post falls ended up, um, getting beat by Coeur d'Alene on Tuesday, seven to six, which was, uh, you know, the Vikings are keeping things interesting in the IEL that that's it, any man's race right now. Uh, post falls being led by CD Sharples is, you know, we know how good he is, but, Lewiston, Lewiston's batting order is so stinking good. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how I think you know the next couple of weeks wrap up for the IEL as we approach the end of uh, of April. But um, five A is looking competitive, super competitive. Yeah, you go from post fall splitting with Lewiston and then they get swept like Coeur d'Alene in two games on, on Tuesday night. And it's just yeah. a head scratcher <laughs> for sure. That, was, that one was kind of confusing. And Coeur d'Alene puts the beat down, obviously, on Lakeland. Um, and then uh, Lake City swept Sandpoint. But then you look at like 2A, Orfino's, you know, 10 3 and 1 right now, number two in the state. They're lurking. Um, they've got, you know, great bullpen. Their pitching staff's pretty solid. They got a couple good arms out there. Um, but they can hit the ball really well. They're able to put up runs, and they play they play small ball really well. Um, you know, you're looking at three A Bonners Ferries receiving boats. But I mean, look at Timberlake; they're lurking out there at five and two right now. Um, you know, with a couple of rainouts that they've had. So the the Tigers and the the Badgers, I think, are the favorites in three A right now. But um, I wouldn't count either one of them out to to make a push. I don't know about hardware at state, but at least making things competitive. And then one A, it's like you know, name names. You've got four teams in the top five <laughs> it's genesee troy kendrick and prairie but then you got receiving votes as uh cami clearwater valley and potlatch so um out of there it's like i mean i think genesee is pretty much a lock i think you're going to see them in the state tournament um but then it's kind of na- draw a name out of a hat after that i really do see that league being extremely competitive kendrick's playing good ball right now too yeah you know coming into the season i kind of thought well Genesee, Prairie, and Kamii were the three teams that got to stay last year. And I was like, oh, they're all going to be good. Yeah. Um, so I kind of said by default, you know, those are the three that I would watch. Um, but I'll tell you what, Clearwater Valley with Coach Josh Bradley has really impressed me. Um, Troy. Troy's out there right now at number yeah. three. Troy's been playing great ball too. Yeah, it's it, it's wide open. And, and the, the interesting and fun part is, is that neither – no team has played a ton of games yet, right? Mother no. Nature's really uh, wreaked havoc on the schedule. It's going to be really heavy on the back end. So. Yeah, I'm going to see. I, I think you're going to see a lot of games being moved to Lewiston to be made up too. If you're going to keep getting snow, um, you know, you'll see it either Lewiston or Fino getting a lot of games up because it's just kind of the the way it works being a lower elevation. But yeah, it'll be 
the next couple of weeks can be a busy schedule for those schools because there's been a lot of snow outs this last week. I know uh, Moscow and Lakeland got snowed out um, early this week too. So, yeah, uh, the, a lot of those White Pine League games uh, take place in Lewiston, anyways, because it's kind of a, a meet in the middle. Because the White Pine League is so big ge- geographically that yeah. a lot of times they say, "Hey, let's just meet up in Lewiston and do a double." Well, Lewiston's got like three or four solid fields too, so yeah. it's not like they have a shortage of places to play. So yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, b- uh, baseball. I think realistically, from the north, uh, you could see. Uh, uh, I think the champion for one A will come from the north. Every other classification is going to be tough. I think. Lewiston's the Lewiston's the outlier. If they can make yes. the state tournament and keep the run going, they're they're a dangerous team just because of what they can do offensively. Um, so I wouldn't count out the Bengals. They're they're a solid team, you know. But I, you know, you got Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls both have solid players on each roster. But you know, you look at their their studs and you can't one guy in baseball is not going to be able to carry the entire team necessarily. And so, you know, you're going to have to have your supporting cast step up, I think a little bit to get some more action out of either of those teams if, as they approach state. But Lewiston, I think is the one remaining team that I look at that can make some serious noise between Orfino and, and Genesee. Yeah. Uh, I think on the softball side of things, there are a lot more opportunities for teams up North to go down to state and compete really well. Um, yeah. what, stood out, what stood out to you in softball? Um, you know, you had St. Mary's defeating Timberlake. They blanked them three Oh, which was, you know, two a stepping up against a ranked, uh, three, a team and, and getting a victory there. St. Mary's is good. I'm they're my, I've got them dark horse. They're tied for third. I, they could win the state championship. Like, let's just be real. That that lineup is solid, and they're pitching. I mean, Tacey's a stud. And so, you know, you look at that lineup, and they're they're right there at the 2A. I think they'd compete at 4A, to be honest with you. So um, I'm not going to hold anything back on them. Coeur d'Alene swept Lakeland, kind of expected that one. I saw a split out of Moscow and Lake City. That was kind of an interesting one that stood out. Uh, Moscow's been kind of a hot and cold team. Um, it That league's wide open at 4A. I don't know if any of them are going to place come state time, but um, they're at least it's kind of anybody's guess who's going to. You have Sandpoint who doesn't have a win, but they could sneak in and still get a couple victories down the stretch and find their way into state. Um, Lewiston looks really solid. Uh, they're ranked number five at 5A. Uh, only one league loss so far. Um, they did split last week, I believe, with Coeur d'Alene um, or two weeks ago. So that's uh, Coeur d'Alene's right there. They're competitive and receiving votes. So the Vikings aren't too far out of it. Timberlake's rank three, uh, nobody at two a. So, I mean, it's kind of whoever wants to kind of show up. I mean, three a, sorry, is between Timberlake and anybody else that wants to show up and compete. Uh, one, a, you've got potlatch at number three with only two games under their belt. <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting, I don't know how much you hold in rankings right now at one a with all of the, the weather, but Clearwater rally is sitting there undefeated. Um, then you got Genesee and Kendrick receiving votes as well. So um, St. Mary's did sweep Orfino too, which was kind of made a statement because Orfino was playing hot lately as well. But yeah. Yeah. You know, I look at the state picture and really I think 4A is the only classification where the North is probably out. Uh, Bishop yep. Kelly is so dominant in 4A. Yeah. But every every other one, you know, it's, it's there. Anybody's game. Yeah. The, the ladies you know, Lewis, we know Lewiston can play and there's, there's a bunch of solid players on that team that have, you know, been playing club ball since they were, you know, third, fourth grade. 
and been competitive. So they've been able to win some regional tournaments and stuff. So there's some talent on that lineup. Coeur d'Alene's the same way. Uh, Timberlake, I really see as a dark horse. I mean, they played a pretty tough schedule. Um, you know, and St. Mary's, I don't, you know, losing to St. Mary's 3-0, I don't take much from that loss if, you know, you're keeping it close and limiting that their bats. That's a that's a pretty good pretty good score to hold up against a, a really solid lumberjack team. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on on all of the baseball and softball action as we uh, head down the stretch. Um, I think that's probably a good stopping point for yep. this week. You know, there was a lot going on, and and it's nice to have competition back up and running again. Yeah, sure. there's even some tennis matches that got in this week. So, <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> not sure. many of those were happening across the state. So, and and you know the the golf the golf up north is always really solid. You know, I know yep. Port Lane's got some great golfers. Moscow always seems to have good a Kellogg. Is yep. really, Bonner's Ferry has a girl that's only a sophomore, and she is a, a favorite, I think, for the three A mm-hmm. uh, state title. So, you get lots of good golf up north too. A lot of good golf going on around here, and there's a uh, you know you can even and there's always places to go play. I mean, you can always head to Lewis, like we talked about a couple weeks. Went in doubt, head to Lewiston. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> there's right. a, there's always some some good good opportunities up here, and there'll be some some good competition coming down the stretch. Yeah, even St. Mary's, you know, Brian Chase coaches the St. Mary's boys basketball team. He's the golf coach, too. And he's got a couple of those, you know, Colby Renner and Grayson Sands. And, you know, he's, he's got some oh, good that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> yeah, that was always the gig when I was coaching in high school in spring sports. I look at the golf coach and I'm like, what do you uh, I mean, and this isn't a knock to golf coaches out there, but I'm like, if you got a kid that can play, you're not the one that's coaching him up most of the time. Usually it's the, his time at the range and the pro down at the club that's been been helping a lot so it's kind of like okay go get your suntan hang out on the course on a monday tuesday morning i really feel miserable for those guys <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the golf coaches do seem to coach you know another sport in another season and you're right uh once once you tee off the, the coach can't coach him like you yeah. can't walk you can't walk the course with your with your golfer and coach him once they tee off it's it's up to the player so yeah so i'm like yeah. you know what are they doing sitting on the range playing target <laughs> practice with each other having like side bets or something i don't know but <laughs> i'd always oh, i always give, give grief to to coach anderson at, at lakeland about that because you know he's a, he's a great guy and fun but like he's like coaching golf what do you do when they play like nothing we're we're gonna end up offending some people. We oh, we are probably yeah. I, we I, are I joking. Yeah. I'm not far off. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, any any coaching job is difficult, and we we know that and acknowledge no, that. And we can absolutely. have a little fun too. So. Yeah, I, I know that because I I did it for 15 years. But yeah, there's there's yeah. an extent where you can kind of rib each other a little bit. I think too. So for I say sure. it in good fun. <laughs> yes, all in good fun. So all right. Well, Ryan, let me uh, wish you a happy Easter early. Thank you. You as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got plans? I know you got a little one. Is the Easter bunny going to come by? Uh, a couple huge Easter egg hunts on Saturday. So we'll probably hit those up over in post falls and yeah, it'd be, uh, be fun. So cool. looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. That'll be, uh, that'll be awesome. So, all right. Well, uh, happy Easter. Thanks for the, the rundown on everything going on up in North Idaho as well. And, uh, for Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey and we'll see you next week on another edition of the North Idaho prep cast on idahosports.com.